Going to ask Bryce Brummett if he'd come up. Uh, the Lord's been dealing with Bryce, and he wanted to share with everybody just for a minute. And so I asked uh, Bryce if he would come up at this point, and we're going to have him share. How's, this, my, how's my hair? Your hair looks good. Hey, it doesn't matter. You're shining so bright because of that new baby. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter what your hair looks like. Plus, Jamie, if you could take like make me look like junior year, 190 pounds, that'd be great. So well, just remember, I'm sitting by you, so you're going to look good anyway. So Yeah, anyhow. that's right. That's right. Uh, now, uh, you get up here and you talk in front of a big crowd, you got to make fun of yourself. So you <laughs> kind of settles, settles the nerves a little bit, but anyway. So for those that don't know me, I'm Bryce Brummett. Uh, my wife, Caitlin, over there. And if you don't follow me on Facebook or on my Facebook friends, uh, we welcomed the little boy last Thursday, and I'm a pretty proud dad. So he's 10 days old, and I've got 100. 50, 200 pictures of him already. So, but uh, yeah, that's right. So if you are my Facebook friends, you got 18 years of picture dumps, so you better get used to it. Uh, but anyway, it wasn't getting here today was not an easy task. I guess I should say it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, so we get induced Wednesday night, and. Uh, Things are happening, you know, you get all the emotions of being a new parent, and my wife, you know, she's telling everybody beforehand, he doesn't know anything, he doesn't have any idea what's about to happen to him, and when you get in the hospital, you're like, oh crap, this is, this is really going to happen, so you're, getting, you're dealing with all those emotions, you know, so anyway, Thursday, Thursday morning comes along, and uh, we're starting the labor process, and things are happening, and Caitlin happened to get on Facebook, and uh, saw that a really close friend of mine was murdered in her home and uh, have no idea, you know, why or what happened, nothing like that. And I'm reading the article and they don't know much what's going on with it uh, other than she was, she was murdered in her home. They took her wallet and her car. And so I'm reading this and like, can't, can't really believe what's happened because she's you know, she'd do anything for anybody and just awesome person. So I'm texting my mom and uh, asking her what's going on. And she's like, yes, Becky was murdered. We don't know what's going on yet. You have other things to worry about. So I'm trying to, you know, process the information that she's given me here and trying to just wrap my head around what's going on and finally get calmed down. And Mick gets here and, you know, <clears throat> all nine pounds, seven ounces of him, and 22 inches long. And, and 180 pictures. Yeah, that's right, that's right. My wife did an amazing job, had a natural birth, and everything's fine, so. Uh, they're, you know, the nurses are in there, and they're telling us he's a big baby. Yeah, he, he's a big baby, uh, but don't be surprised. His blood sugar levels are gonna be low. We have this problem, it's all normal. Like, it takes a little bit for those bigger babies and even smaller babies to fluctuate out and it's, you just be patient, it's gonna take some time. So Thursday, we're supplementing him and giving him some sugar water and they're doing blood tests and poking his little feet and doing all these blood sugar tests and uh, they're, they're just fluctuating up and down, up and down, up and down. Can't, can't get him to level out, nothing like that. He'll have one good reading and then it'll drop down. You know, you know and he's, yeah, he's sleeping great, but it's because he doesn't have any energy. And every time you go to try to nurse him or anything like that, it's just a battle to get him, get him woke up because he's just dead to the world. And he just, you know, it's just, it's just a battle. And it's, it's weighing on Caitlin and I. So fast forward to Friday night. 
Again, we've, we're constantly battling this. We've got one good reading. His blood sugar went up to like 40s. But then, uh, oh, it, it dropped back down. And, you know, still, Friday night, or all day Friday, we're just battling him. It takes 10, 15 minutes to get him started. But once he gets woke up and gets started, he goes, you know, goes good. But he just sleeps and he just sleeps and sleeps and he's not waking up. You can't, can't, I mean, you, you're doing everything these nurses are telling you to do, taking the washcloth, stripping him down, you know, trying to wake him up, trying to make him mad. He's just dead to the world. He just lays there with his mouth open. He just, you know. So <clears throat> Friday night, this nurse comes in and Thursday night, uh, she comes in and she's pretty intense and straightforward and blunt gal. And, you know, she tells you, like I said, she's straightforward and she tells you what you need to be doing, how you need to be doing it, and all this. So Friday night she comes in there and she's like, you could tell something was a little off with her. She wasn't normal. And she comes in there, she opens the door, and she's like, guys, it's me again. Uh, I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. I've got four babies on low blood sugar levels. I've got three car seat tests to do. Like, I'm going to be around, but... Uh, you know, I'm going to be busy. If you need something, call me, but I'm going to be busy. So like, okay, you know, and, and we really did feel like we was getting it figured out. We're like, we're, we think we're doing pretty good, you know. So she leaves, or she does his blood test and is low, and uh, they kind of, you know, they keep all those nurses in line of what's going on, and she's like, she starts asking us these questions, and, and, you know, all those day nurses were starting to get a little worried, like, what, you know, why isn't he leveling out? So she's asking Caitlin, you know, how did your gestational diabetes test come out? And Caitlin's like, good. And she's like, well, did you change your diet any? She's like, ma'am, this lady is the queen of making desserts. I can guarantee you she didn't change her diet because she makes all these desserts and sends them to everybody else, and I like sweets. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know she didn't. She's like, well, it's just, it's just weird that it's not, it's not leveling out. I'm like, yeah, we, they just keep telling us that it's normal. We're, you know, we're getting it figured out, and he's... He's going to start nursing, and we're going to go home. We're, we're going to go home tomorrow. Like that's, and you know, I've been praying about it and stuff, and and asking God to to intervene and help us with this baby. And uh, anyway, so it's like 10:30, and again, can't get him woke up. I stripped him down. I've got cold water wash rag as I can get, and I'm wiping him down, trying to make him mad, and he won't wake up. Won't wake up, and it's going on 20 minutes. And Caitlin's like, call that nurse in. So she comes in there, and she, the first thing she said is, guys, you have got to get this figured out. Like, you, we've got to get this figured out, or you're never going to go home. I'm like, man, we're, we're trying. We're doing everything they told us to do. We're trying. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I was trying to be nice, but I was pretty firm. I was like, ma'am, help us get this baby fed. Help us get it fed. And she's like, well, do you want to keep trying to nurse? Do you want to do supplement? Do you want to do sugar water? What do you want to do? I was like, ma'am. Please help me get this baby fed, or help us get this baby fed. She's like, well, I'll take him to the nursery, and I'll give him some sugar water, and, and I'll keep him there for an hour. It's like, okay, that's what you need to do. And so she takes him to the nursery, and of course, I don't know what it is. I'm, I like to think of myself as a rough and tough guy, and don't cry a whole lot, but having that boy, boy, I'm just a pile of mush anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh, man, I've never been a crier in my life, and I've cried more in the last 10 days. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, yeah, there you go, because I'm going to need them. Uh, anyway, so we, Caitlin and I kind of break down. I get her calmed down, and I'm trying to be tough, and 
I go outside and I'm walking around the hallway. Of course, Caitlin and I are the only ones on that wing of the, hall, or the hospital, you know. I'm walking around, I'm praying to God and asking him to help this baby out. I'm texting my mom, of course, it's 11 o'clock and she's asleep and not answering. So I was a little irritated with that because she's literally got her phone in her hand all the time. But when I need her, she's <laughs> off doing whatever, or sleeping. <clears throat> anyway, so it was like 11.45 and I go back into the room there and I was like, all right, he's going to be back here in 15 minutes. He's going to be fine. Everything's going to level out and we're going to go home tomorrow. Well, I fell asleep. <clears throat> and it was like 1.30, and I woke up in a panic. I woke Caitlin up. And I was like, have they, have they brought him in yet? She's like, no, I don't know where they're at. I don't know anything that's going on. So she's like, go out in the hallway and see if you can't find anybody. So I walk around. I can't find nobody. And I go back to Caitlin. I said, Caitlin, there's, you know, there's no nurses around. I don't know where he's at. And uh, so she calls the nurse. And she didn't come to the room, but she answers on that little telephone deal. And uh, she's like, oh, he's fine. His levels are 70. His blood sugar levels are 70. He's fine. Uh, we, I just didn't want to bring him back because you guys are sleeping. Like, okay, you know, that's fine. But you told us you can bring him back in an hour. I mean, it, it's all fine. So <clears throat> we get to go home Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday, we get, his levels uh, equal out. And we're getting to go home. And all day Saturday, the wind had been blowing just real hard. And the minute we got home, it was just still. And I told Caitlin, <clears throat> I said, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to fill the wood stove. And I did got <clears throat> new gravel in the driveway there. And I was going to mess around before Doug and Kathy got there. And uh, I went outside, and I was filling the wood stove. And I put the last piece of wood in the wood stove. And these turkeys on our ground there, there's a creek that runs through the back side of there. These turkeys flew up. And <laughs> I turned around and I was listening to them turkeys and all of a sudden they, they shut up. And as clean and clear as I'm telling you this story, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you've been coaching this boy, telling him to calm down and focus on you and to eat so he can so you rest and be at peace. When are you going to wake up and focus and calm down and eat what I'm telling you so you can rest and be at peace? Man, I just... I lost it. I stood out there and I cried for 45 minutes. Again, I ain't no crier and I lost it. And I know the Lord doesn't work like this, but I was excited and I didn't know how to explain stuff and uh, went inside and grabbed my coat and <laughs> told Caitlin, just put this coat on, go on the back porch, listen. She said, what? What are you talking about? She thinks I'm nuts anyway, but that's all right. She married me, so she's got to be a little nuts too. <clears throat> so anyway, that was... We get through Saturday, and the people come over and get through Saturday night, and Sunday morning, it starts again. Same deal. Can't get him to wake up. Just battle, constant battle. Can't get him to start nursing. Just can't get him to wake up. And we, get, uh, we finally get him going there a little bit, and he eats, uh, but he's not, he's not having a dirty diaper. And before we left the hospital, they told us, you know, however many days he's born, that's how many dirty diapers he's supposed to have. So 9 o'clock feeding, you didn't really think too much of it. By noon, as a dad and anybody with common sense, you're like, what? What is going on? he got to have, be having a dirty diaper. So 2 o'clock comes around. And we were wanting, it was after church, and Wilma and them were going to plan on coming over. And we were wanting to get him fed before we had company. And it was 2 o'clock, <clears throat> same deal. Couldn't get him to wake up. Couldn't get him to wake up. Stripping him down. 
getting a washer out, trying to make him mad, shaking him. I mean, holding him in front of the window, letting the air blow on him, to get him to wake up. Just will not wake up. Kitten's like, I'm going to call the hospital and see if they've got any tips. So okay. So she calls the hospital, and she's telling the nurses what's going on. And uh, they're like, well, it's normal. He may just be tired. He may, you know, just need some rest. She's like, well, he hadn't had a dirty diaper all day. And she's like, oh, that's a problem. You know, you can tell, you can sense that they're worried about stuff. <clears throat> and anyway, they're like, they tell her, let him rest. If he doesn't wake up at 4 o'clock, you need to bring him to the hospital. So again, I went into the bedroom and had me one of my brightest little cries that I'm getting pretty known for. And I prayed and I told God, I said, Lord, please help me with this baby. Please make him better so that he can eat and we can get through this. And I went into that nursery, and that baby opened his eyes, went to nursing, down a bottle of milk, Amen. and he's been perfect ever since. Thank you, Lord. We went to, went to the doctor Monday and Wednesday, and they act like nothing ever happened to him. Amen. So that's, that's my testimony, and the good Lord works in mysterious ways, and if you ask him, he will help you. Amen. And I have no idea what you're preaching today or what your altar call is, but guys, I'm telling you, if you don't know the good Lord and you aren't saved, you better do it today. Don't leave this church. If you can hear me on that television there, don't, don't log off without knowing the Lord. Because there's a difference between feeling good and thinking you're saved and actually knowing you're saved. One gets you to heaven and one doesn't. Don't be like me and sit in that pew week in and week out and put it off. Because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And after Miss Becky was killed... Make it right with the Lord. Amen. Do it today. Don't sit there and wait any longer. Do Amen. it today. Because you don't know the peace of mind that you have until you let the good Lord in on your life. Amen. That's right. I've tried a lot of earthly things in this world to ease them, and there ain't nothing like right. the good Lord. That's right. Amen. See the Lord praise today in the house. Not a good testimony today. Um, I think the title of the sermon that I put in on Thursday was uh, more or less, and it's just that old cliche, you know, how you doing? Well, yeah, more or less, I'm doing all right, yeah, you know. That's that old bit. The Lord began to work with me this week and, and develop this out, and, and to be honest with you, <laughs> the title of the sermon today needs to be what Bryce just said help me. Lord, help. And, and that's what the Lord's been burning on me. The scripture we're going to use today is from uh, uh, Psalms 12, 1 through 8. And if you guys want to turn there, I'll be reading it out of the uh, NIRV. It's, it's a little easier to understand. But, but this is exactly what David was going through. And uh, King David was being hurt by people. And as you're looking that up, he cries out to the Lord. And he just says simply, help the Lord. Uh, Lord, I need you in my life. Uh, we see this through David's life throughout his whole life. That In this certain case here, there was a huge division between uh, Saul and David. Uh, we, they're not sure where that David was, but there was a huge division between King David and, and they, or King Saul and, and then David, the king to be. 
and just huge division, just lots of problems going on in David's life. Uh, the enemy, the politics, the, the evil that, that was everywhere you're going to read about in this psalm here. And David's first words were, help, Lord. And that's what the Lord has put on my heart all week out of this whole sermon that we need to remember anything. It's to say, help, Lord. Ask the Lord for help in all that we're going through because he cares for us more than anything. You know, we see David throughout his life that, that he cries out to God on almost all occasions, help, Lord. Uh, that seems to be what he does uh, uh, when his faith was weak, help, Lord. When his oldest son, Absalom, was coming against him and just horrible things going on in his life, help, Lord. We see sin overtaking David's life and, and starting to control him. And from time to time, the Lord would intervene and David would say, help, Lord, help me get back to where I need to be. So the most important thing we see that happened throughout David's life was that he would cry out, help, Lord. And we need to follow that example because I believe a lot of things are going on in our life that resemble what David was going through. Again, the, this psalm here, I didn't know it until I read the commentary later, but, but it also refers to the last days. In other words, how the last days will be, the times will be the same. But let's read this scripture today. Help, Lord. No one does what is right anymore. Can anybody relate to that? Those who are faithful have disappeared from the human race. Everyone tells lies to their neighbors. With their lips they praise others, but they don't really mean it. May the Lord close all lips that don't mean what they say. May he stop every tongue that brags. They say what we speak with our tongues will win the battle. What we say with our lips will keep us safe. No one will have victory over us. The Lord says... The poor are being robbed. Those who are in need groan. So I'll stand up to help them. Did you get that? And we cry out and say, help, Lord. So I will stand up to help them. I will keep them safe from those who tell lies about them. The words of the Lord are perfect. They are like silver made pure in clay in a clay furnace. They're like gold made pure seven times over. Lord, you'll keep needy people safe. You always keep sinners from hurting us. Proud and sinful people walk around and openly when they do evil. They do, they, they do is praised by, human, by the human race. So when they do evil, they're praised by the human race. And so we see this scripture here. That's what David was encountering. That's what David was going through. And again, I look at our own country today that how that we're so divided as a country even through politics, that how this country is divided. Some people are upset with the election results. Some people can't even comprehend the president that we have now. Some are angered at speeches of unity and, and, and acts of, of division. And we see all these different things that are going on that, through politics that, that we're being hurt, that we're being attacked, we feel. And we can do the most good by crying out and saying, help me, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord, in this situation. Lord, we need you. What about religious organizations? The division, the things that are going on in the religious world. 
When preachers get up and say amen and a woman and, and just make silliness out of it all. When a pastor wins an election over pro-choice uh, platforms, we see all these lies that are coming out from the world. Even our own bishop's agenda is divisive. It really bothered me that one day after the president of the United States takes office, that we get a letter from our bishop saying, hey, it's time to look at opening again. Really disturbs me. Really does. But me venting today, has that done any of us any good? Me complaining today, has that done a bit of good? What will do some good is help, Lord. What will do some great good in our life would be help, Lord. So it doesn't do any good to complain. I'm not sharing, not saying not to voice your opinion, but we need to voice God's opinion and say, help, Lord, and then say what he tells us to say. Even on individual levels, we're experiencing division and, and, and evil of all sorts, and a lot of it generated by what's going on in our country. People are telling evil lies about us. People are robbing from us. They're robbing from our homes, our jobs, our family. The enemy's trying to steal our health. We prayed for Mariah, and I know many in this room, the enemy is trying to steal your health. We see lots of things going on in this world, and we need to cry out and say, help, Lord. Like Bryce did, help, Lord. Recognize God and say, help, Lord, and allow the Lord to move in your life. Did you see how quick that when Bryce submitted to the Lord and said, Lord, help be in this situation on how quickly things leveled off. You see, the Bible says the enemy, the thief, will still kill and destroy. That's what he's came here to do. How many of you are feeling the attacks of evil one? How many are feeling the division in the country? And I say to you, say, help me, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord, in my time of need. How many of you are like me and you feel so helpless, like it doesn't matter what you say or do, it's not going to change anything? The Lord's reminded me again and again and again that when we cry out and say, help Lord, and begin to apply the Lord to our situation, we're going to have a big voice. And the voice of God speaks loud and it will be heard because God is King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is in control. We need to cry out and say, help Lord. Help, Lord, because Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. As we say that today, I'm going to wrap up with the Lord's really hit me that we need to get back to the basics. You know, we need to cry out to him because he will stand. The scripture today said in verse 5, so I will stand up to him, to them. I will keep them safe for, for those who tell lies about them. The Lord's promise, when we cry out and say, help, Lord, he will stand up to help us. He will move in and keep us safe. And when we get back to the basics, the truth of God and who he's about, verse 6 says, the words of the Lord are perfect. They are like silver made pure in a clay furnace. They are like gold made pure seven times over. So when I say get back to the basics, we need to get back to the simple things of God and simply just crying out and saying, help, Lord, help, Lord. First Peter 1, 5 and 6 was talking about the end times. And Peter was reminding us, the believer, who by God's power are being guarded through faith 
for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoiced, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. But we need to rejoice in the trials. We need to rejoice in the afflictions. Cry out and say, help, Lord. And the Lord will stand up for us. The Lord will fight for us. And the Lord will keep us safe. Amen? So when I say get back to the basics, I think the basic thing that we as believers need to do, and I know I need to do as your pastor, and the Lord really put this upon my heart, You've heard it in Bryce's testimony today, but it basically we need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and ask for God's help. A lot of us are too proud to do that. We are afraid to, to let God in or we're afraid of whatever he might ask us to do. But when G, whenever David humbled himself and said, help Lord, the Lord intervened. When Bryce said, Lord, help me, the Lord intervened. When we say, help me, the Lord will intervene on our lives. But where we get into trouble so many times, it's what verse 4 was talking about. That where man has gotten to the point that they say what we speak with our tongue will win the battle. That's the problem we get into a lot of times. What we think we speak will win the battle. What we say with our lips will keep us safe. No one will have victory over us. And that's what you see in the world. They'll just speak total lies and keep doing it because eventually you'll believe it. That's what we're seeing in this world today. People just keep saying things over and over and over and over. But I don't want to get off in that today. What I'm wanting to say is don't be like the world and think you're going to change things. Get like David, get like Jesus and say, help, Lord, and allow the Lord to use you to change things. Humble yourself is the main thing today. God, however you want to help me, that is what I will do. Are we willing to say that today? God, whatever you're willing to do or wanting me to do, I'll do it. You know, we go into the doctor, and you heard that in Bryce's testimony. When the doctor or the nurse said this, they, they tried to do that. And, and we tried to, to honor that, and that's good. They were listening to what they were being told. But why can't we be the same way to God when we go to the Lord and say, help me, and the Lord says, well, do this. Huh? Sometimes we listen to educated men more than we do the Lord. And we need to start listening to the Lord and being humble and say, Lord, help me. The second thing is the basics of salvation. Bryce hit it already. Salvation is the most important subject, the most important conversation, the most important thing you should be protecting in your life. We got to get a hold of that. We've got to get a hold that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. We need to ask for help with the Lord in our salvation. We need to not only have faith, but we need to believe. We need to have faith and believe. We need to confess and believe. Back to the basics three, be, receive the Holy Spirit. Cry out to the Holy Spirit. 
And I had permission from Bryce to share this, but he come in and he's just wanting all of God. He wanted more of God. And then he was, when the Lord moved on him, he's texting me all the time. He's texting people. He's excited about what God's doing in his life. Hey, can I meet with him? We finally come in to meet in the office. I want more of God. I want more of God. And I said, Bryce, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he, we talked about it and we prayed that he was filled with the Spirit that day. Help me, Lord. Well, follow his word in salvation. Follow his word in being filled with the Spirit. Follow his word in being refreshed in the Spirit. Matthew basics 4, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will come into play. They'll be okay. Seek the Lord. Help, Lord. Get it? Seek the Lord. Help, Lord. And when we seek the Lord, he's going to come into our life and he's going to move upon our lives. A lot of this I'm saying today is so simple. And if you know, guys, if you know the truth, that's all I've been preaching for four weeks probably since the turn of the year. Because God has called Oakton in 2021 to be intentional in God, intentional about people, and intentional about the church. We need to be intentional about who we are in Jesus Christ, in our salvation and being filled with the Spirit and seeking the kingdom of God. Help, Lord. But guys, I don't mean to be a little blunt because I think we need to hear it, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I was writing this, and he said, I can't keep your attention long enough to make a difference in your lives. You cry out to help me, I respond, things get better, and I lose your attention again until it cycles around again and you need me and you cry out, help me. And the Holy Spirit said, we need to break this cycle. We need to break this cycle today and stay in tune with the Lord. God has blessed us and blessed us so much beyond comprehension, and I don't think we realize how much he's blessed us. But hear that today. Say, God, I don't want to be losing my attention for you. Lord, keep me focused on you. Back to the basics, number five, the poor being robbed. Physically and spiritually, Satan is stealing from America, and we must stop it one salvation at a time. And again, this is in our statement for the year. But guys, I see because of what's going on in our world that many Christians are withdrawing because of it. We're withdrawing from the communities. We're, we're withdrawing from everything and, 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 and circling the wagons, if you will. If we're circling the wagons with other believers, then who are we going to minister to? We need to be ministering outside these doors. We need to be ministering to the ones that oppose our thinking, that disagree with our thinking, because we got the, the, the remedy, the answer for this world, and it's Jesus. We can't let the, the Satan rob our world. Many Christians are withdrawing simply because Biden was confirmed president. Many Christians are withdrawing because of what VP Harris said about abortion on the 48th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. We need to say, help us, Lord. 
Help us, Lord, I pray for President Biden, Lord. Help us, Lord, I pray for VP Harris, Lord, help us. We cannot withdraw. We cannot uh, 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 just get into a little uh, circle. But we need to call upon the Lord to help us. You guys want to see a real miracle? What if the president and vice president had a relationship and a Holy Ghost encounter with the Lord and, and just turned on for the Lord? That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? Are we praying for that? Are we praying for that? Are we praying for all officers down to our local officers? Or if we circled the wagon? You know, it even come to me, I, I dropped off Facebook and I dropped off Twitter and, and I'm not completely off Facebook because I realized that I lost connection to a lot of people that needed to hear the gospel. I'd even talked to the sound team and we talked about just running this live on YouTube because we're wanting to, to, to not support Facebook. There's a lot of people on Facebook that are lost and need to hear the gospel. And so we need to be prayerful about the things we do. We need to be prayerful to call upon the Lord and say, help me and not do what David was talking about that was happening to him when people just talk with their own mouths and their own thinking. We need to think as the Lord thinks. But we should be pressing in to the Lord. We should be pressing into our salvation. We should be pressing into leading people to Christ. We should be pressing in to the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to them, all authority has been given, on earth and heaven has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what we need to be about. You said, oh, Pastor you guys realize the persecution that the early church went through isn't nothing compared, or what we're going through is nothing compared to what they went through. When Jesus asked the disciples to do this, he had just been crucified and had rose from the dead, and that's his last words to the disciples. He didn't say, go harvest the Romans. He told Peter to put his sword in his belt and preach the gospel to the Romans. And we see the book of Acts is the disciples hearing what the Lord said and going out to the world and preaching that gospel. This really hit me the other day because I feel like that I need to spend a lot of time on what's going on in the news because I don't want us to lose hope. I don't want us to, to separate away. I want us to be strong. And I, and I know we need to talk about things in the news but I was at Carthage preaching the other night and a family was moved at the end and we were up talking with them. And this family, the father had lost the job. The mother was working seven days a week and that's why they're at the Sunday night service because they couldn't get to the day service anymore. And they had just been evicted from their home. And that's where it hit me. 
Here we're focusing on all these other things when there's somebody right under my nose that needed the comfort of God. That needed the salvation of God. That needed a new, fresh anointing in their life. That needed to cry out, help me. Help me, Lord. And again, I'm not up here saying we shouldn't have a voice. I'm saying we should have a voice. But we speak what God speaks to us after we cried out, help me, Lord. That's when we speak. And we speak with a fervorance, what he tells us to say. The praise team will come forward. I want us to really examine ourselves today. Because I thank the Lord and the Spirit's really told me that if we're struggling, we're not crying out, help me. Or at least not enough. Try to decide how much to say, but many of us are saving up food, water supplies, um, all other supplies. But what are we doing to save our families, our children, and our friends and people around us? Are we going to great extents to help them? I had a dream last night about a person in this church as clear as, as I'm seeing you today. And, and they were struggling. They had this beautiful dress on. And, and uh, they were struggling everywhere they went. And I could see the pain and the struggle in their walk. And I kept trying to help them. And, and I'd try to get in to help them. And I couldn't get, I could get my, arm, my hand underneath their armpit there a little bit. But I couldn't get in to help them. And, and then they went to the stairs and, and I'm pressing in and, and be honest with you, they're trying to kind of looking back and complaining to me a little bit. Where are you at, pastor? And I'm trying to press in, but, but I can't. I can't get in close enough and, and I'm trying to. And, and so I push a little harder to get in there, to get up under them, to help them up the stairs. And their child falls out from inside their dress. And then I noticed the weight lifted a little bit. And you think, well, what's the child? Is that our child a hindrance to me? But guys, I think we let our children rule their life. And what they are and what they're about is more important than a lot of things. And we need to take authority over our families and our children as fathers and mothers. Because the minute that they come out from underneath the skirt, the heaviness was lifted. And then other things, things started falling out. And, and all these things started falling out to, to where the, she was about half the size of the dress she was wearing. And then we could get under and could help. But I think it's like the Lord was telling me earlier that, that we ask him for help. And he helps us. But then he loses our attention 
until the next crisis. When we need to learn to be steady in the basic things, and I don't have time to get into it, I'll preach it at Carthage tonight, but seven basic things that, that we just need to do. And I know a lot of you don't understand this terminology, but we were kids, we raised hogs, and back then hogs did well, and Granddad Diggs told me, he said, son, you grab a hold of that hog's tail and just hold on, it'll bring you through. There'll be ups and downs, and, and it'll, it'll bring you through. Mike's the only one that listened, I think. He's in the hog business still. But it reminds me of that, that the Lord's saying, just get a hold of me. Just get a hold of me. And hang on and do the basic things, and you're going to be fine. And that's what God's called us as a church to be. If you don't know the truth, that's why I'm so excited about the Bensons coming in and preaching on Valentine's Day because he goes, I'm just going to focus on love and not all these other things. And the love for God and love for wife. And he's excited because he can just preach. When he does motive matters, he's got to kind of follow an agenda and he's just going to let the Lord speak through him. And I'm not, again, I'm not up here saying don't focus on what's going on in the world. I'm just saying to call out to God and say, help me. And then do what the Lord tells you to do. So let's stand to our feet today. I don't know where you're at with the Lord. But I know if you're like me, you got hindrances in your life that, that are keeping the Lord from being able to, to come in and hold you up and to sustain you. And I don't know what that is today, but, but you do. What, are, what, are, what is hindering you? And they may not be bad things. Our children definitely are not bad things. They're from the Lord. But when we're out of order, it can become a heaviness. And the simple order is God's got to be number one. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will come into play. We can't be like the world and just think if we will our way. I, boy, I tell you, I, when you're working with youth nowadays, especially, Landon and Joe and some of you guys can attest to this, but these kids realize that you can't make them do anything. They've been taught that in the school, so when they come to church, they think they can do whatever they want. And we remind them over and over, it's a privilege to be here, and when you're here, you're going to honor the rules that are before you. That's pretty tough to say, isn't it? But I love it when we tried to will our way over these kids. I'll never forget one time a person was playing all their cards and they got to the point they thought they'd yell at the kid. When they play that card, it's done because the kid knows. We got to cry to the Lord and say, help, Lord. What's the real issue here? What's under that skirt that's keeping us from standing up straight? That's not a real good example, but, but help, Lord. What do you need help from the Lord for today? These altars are open. I want you to be like David, be like Jesus. Help God.
Help, Lord, I need you. And as the word says, man, he's going to come behind you. He's going to stand for you. And he's going to break through for you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, salvation, if you hadn't confessed Jesus as Lord before men, now's the time. Anybody today want to accept Jesus as Lord, would you slip your hand up today? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else here today? You can put them down now. Jesus is moving into your heart as we speak. How many today have kind of been in that cycle? They cry out to help, Lord, and the Lord helps, and, and then God loses our attention. How many of that's us today? I, I can raise my hand up. I'm not shy. Many hands across the room, Lord. We repent of that today, Lord. How many of you got things in your life that you need help from the Lord on? Just slip your hand up. See, there's hands all the way across this room. Are you crying out to him? Father, we come against this, any arrogant spirit or, or whatever it keeps us from humbling ourselves, Lord, to receive from you. And Father, you've seen the hands up across the room today. And Father, we know that as we cried out to you and said, help, Lord, that you're moving across this body. These altars are open for you to come and pray. If you need me to pray with you, come up here and I'll be glad to pray for you. But let's, let's call upon the Lord today.